Okay. Oh. Okay. Yes, I said okay. Gosh. Hey, hey. Just stay you know, awake here, buddy. Have me... Stay awake. Oh, don't even give me that stay awake shit after the crap you made me watch this week. What crap did I make you watch? Wait a minute. First of all, I have to turn off the fan for this. Uh-huh. There we are. So, we'll shall we get into the show? I suppose we should. Jeez. Then let's roll into it. <laughs> Back to the Watchlist with Patty and Bill. Make sure you catch up on all of our back episodes by logging on to thewatchlistpod.com. You can also engage with us on social media at symbol Bill Ivory Larson, at symbol Pirate Alice, at symbol The Watchlist Pod. Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you listen to us on Apple, pretty please with sugar on top, click on that five star button and please the algorithm gods. How are you? I'm good. How are you? You feeling better? Oh, much better, yes. Oh, my God. I missed my voice. Ugh. Mm. God, last week we sounded, or at least I sounded yeah, like shit. Sound that grid, yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So, so ladies and gentlemen, first of all, thank you to all of our 22 listeners who listen. I actually did give some of our, our subscribers who are not regular listeners a ration of shit. For not necessarily listening. <laughs> like, great. It's great that you subscribe. I appreciate that. But maybe but you should listen, you, too. But listen, and then maybe pass on the fact that, you know, we're a good show. Yeah, that we watch some good shows that you liked and say, hey, these people have good taste. And I and and one of them, so shout out to our friend Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. Yo, Jen. Um, I, she said, well, why don't you guys, you know, have you ever thought about just focusing on one streaming service like Netflix? And I said, you know what, we've, we've, we've gone through many, yeah, we've, we've gone Sorry. through iterations, but, but there's so much to absorb on other streaming networks that it's like when we used to change the channel from ABC to NBC to CBS, you can't just stick with one channel. Yeah. So, you know, I appreciated her input, but said that she was wrong. No, I didn't say she well, was wrong. But, and if you think, if, uh, de, meh, meh. words. The, the um, hell <laughs> there was words. But if we focused and only watched stuff on one streaming service, you're missing out on a ton of really good stuff. Yeah, a ton of really good stuff. Because there's some good stuff on other things. Even yeah, if they're... you hate the other thing and would never want to give them money, you have no choice because... They have some damn good shit. Well, and what's pissing me off, CNN launched their Plus oh, channel. Why well, has everything like, Plus, too? Come on. Stop with well, the pluses. Yeah, stop with the pluses. Although, I do have to say, it is it has become the Kleenex of paid subscription services. Yes. So you know if you're seeing brand name Plus, you know that is not only the paid version, but uh, additional content. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I don't want to pay... A news service. Yeah, I shouldn't have yeah. to pay for news. I kind of draw the line at that. And I know that they do special features and special content and longer form shit. Oh, and by the way, being I, I, I don't know how much I can say about this. Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But I, I joined the Television Academy. Oh. And I did my first voting. <gasps> what? And it, it wasn't for the nighttime Emmys, the ones that we are, you right. know. This is for the L.A. daytime Emmys. And I, and I kid you not, I have seen pieces there that have, have literally changed my life. Oh. And I and I mean that with no facetiousness in my voice. I I I I was moved by these things. So I understand that there is news content out there that is worthy of being seen and is moving, but I shouldn't have to pay for it. But CNN you technically pay for with your cable satellite subscribers thing. Ah, technically um, and all the but, others. But that's on the broadcast channel. Right, exactly. On the broadcast channel. You are technically paying for news. But if, if you've I'm... ever bought a newspaper, you are technically paying for news. My God. If a you pay for Welcome the New York Times online but if you pay for the New York Times online, you're paying for news. But I but when I go to the news online, I I, I expect to go to a news source and get news. Right, and I expect longer features too if I so if I so choose. Right, I don't want to pay for a plus of a news service. I got enough pluses going on in my life right now. Disney mm-hmm. Plus, Paramount Plus, right? Uh, but AMC you're saying plus. you said you don't want to pay for news. I don't want to pay for news. Do you have CNN on your regular broadcast channels? On my on my on cable, cable broadcast channels, yes, I do. So you are technically paying for news. Yes, technically I am. However, okay. you don't want to knowingly pay for news. Well, oh my God, here we are splitting a hair. So, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, I, you know, I, I get, subscribe to the New York Times, so I'm paying for news. No, and I get that. And there was a time when I, when when I was in Columbia College of Chicago. Shout out to our alma mater. Mm-hmm. That we were made in our uh, European history class to buy a subscription to the New York Times because we, yeah, but yeah. anyway, <laughs> uh, yes, it was fucked up at the time. And, and being a dirt poor South Side Chicago College black student. teen, yeah, yeah, I mean, fuck, New York Times is an expensive fucking newspaper. Mm-hmm. But. He actually only made us really buy the Sunday New York Times, not okay. not the daily, but but it exposed me to a world platform of news as opposed to the yes. Chicago Sun Times, yeah. which was my paper of choice. Mm-hmm. Even though technically the Tribune was better, but the it, Tribune you know. had better comics. No, that was my whole point for the Sunday paper. Was the comics? Oh, and absolutely. The Tribune had better comics. Oh, I'm sorry, but the Chicago Sun Times had the better entertainment section. Eh. Well, entertainment section is not the comics. Yeah. Well, excuse- I'm talking specifically about the funny paper. The comics. Yeah, I get the funny papers. Yeah. I preferred the Sun Times funny papers. I didn't like the funny. Okay, but anyway, we're, we're off. Anyway, we're so digress. Sorry, folks. Anyhowsy, <laughs> um, but. Uh, what the, what the fuck was what, I talking I don't about? know what we were talking about. Paying for news. CNN I hate what that happened. All right, paying for news, paying for content. Anyway, yes, we didn't want to just do Netflix because there's so much more content out there. Exactly. 
And even though I I was the lazy one this week and I only watched two things, one of which I liked very much, the other one I'm going to ask you what the fuck over, and we will get to that. But you have way more stuff than I do. I do have way more stuff. So why don't you begin? The first thing I watched is on Apple TV+. Plus. Okay. It is a new drama. Um, it started... March 25th, but then we got sick and we skipped a week. And then there was too much last week, so I pushed it off to give it more time. Uh, so that's where I'm talking about it this week. It is called Pachinko. It's oh, yeah. based on a novel by the same name. And it stars uh, several Korean actors, including uh, Yoon Ya Jung, who won an Oscar for Minari. She's in it. And it's about a several generations of a Korean family starting in the 20s when uh, our girl is just like a little, like she's 10 or so, living with her parents. Um, and her parents run a, a boarding house. And the Japanese have are occupying Korea and they've got their police there, and they're always hauling people in for random, no-good reasons, and then you never see the people again. And that's how she grows up, and then we see her as a young, like maybe a teenage girl, just-ish, maybe a little bit older, and she's doing the chores for her parents and going to the marketplace, and she meets this handsome guy who is played by Lee Min-ho, who has been in many a Korean drama, and the girls love him because he's so pretty. They're like, really? He is really handsome, man. And he starts <laughs> chatting her up. I do like the Lee Min-ho myself. And he starts chatting her up, and one thing leads to another, and they have some sexy times out in the forest or whatever uh, and she gets pregnant uh, and so she's like yeah so when we get married and he's like yeah i am married so you come with me and be my thing on the side and she's like yeah no i don't play that game buddy so now here she is it's like 1930s she is a young pregnant girl what is she gonna do because that's scandalous okay and it just goes from there, and it pops around in time. So we see her as a young girl, then we see her as a grandmother, and her grandson is, he's working in New York City in 1980s, and he comes back to, he comes to Japan to do a deal for a bank, because he's the only one who speaks both Japanese and Korean, and he can relate to this Korean woman who owns some property that this hotel totally, totally wants because they're building a big hotel there, and she's the last holdout. And then we hop around... It, we just we hop around in her timeline because she's like the matriarch of this several generations of family. And so we see her starting out and then how she, how she progresses. She... Uh, she gets married and she moves to Japan into Os Osaka because this is kind of like what how, the flow of Koreans during that time, the 30s through, I, I guess, through the 80s. 
and things that happen. And the book, I think, is more linear. I haven't read it, but that's what I've read online, is the book is just linear with the timeline, while the show, to make it more interesting and to keep you wondering what the fuck's going on, it pops around. And, and it's, it's on Apple TV+. Plus. They do have it dubbed into English, but I flipped it because I... I like the native languages and it, they do flip between Japanese and Korean and the subtitles change color based on whether they're speaking Japanese or Korean, which I think is really cool to see that. And it's a really great show. I love it. It's, I love it. I really, if you have Apple TV plus Pachinko is a really good one to watch because it's giving you some Korean history and showing this one family and how they've navigated it all and how the lead woman who's like becomes the matriarch of the family how once she leaves korea she's been in japan ever since and we finally get to see her return to korea where she was from and see her rea her reaction to it the the actress just does such a great job of showing her emotions of just and just without even words she's just looking at the world around her it was really cool to watch okay it's a great show. It's a great show, and I totally want to read the book. There's a total of eight uh, eight episodes coming up through April 29th. Okay. So I've I've seen, like, the first three, I want to say, maybe first four. And it, it's really good. It's really good. Pachinko. Excellent. Apple TV Plus. Okay. So the, the thing that didn't piss me off this oh, week. Jesus. Don't you be yeah, Jesus and me, <laughs> young lady, because mm -hmm. we're going to get into this. Any whoosie. So I watched a movie I, uh, on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. It's called All the Old Knives. And it stars Chris Pine and Tandaway Newton, Lawrence Fishburne, and Jonathan Price. Interesting cast. It, yes. And they... and. Chris Pine, Tandaway Newton uh, play covert operatives and they are seeking out a terrorist. Well, anyway, um, and this happens years ago. Stuff goes bad. Time moves on. So the investigation is picked up again into this you know, into this uh, terrorist attack. And Chris Pine is sent to interview his old love, Tandaway Newton. And I'll tell you what, it started out very much like, um, did you ever see the Steven Soderbergh movie, uh, Out of Sight? Was it Out of Sight? The one with George Clooney? I think so. Maybe it sounds relatively familiar, but I can't. Yeah, say it's, it for was out of sight. Sure, if I've seen it. Yeah, and it's and it's kind of slow and deliberately paced. But the more I got into it, and Chris Pine is is you thought dude was a handsome man. Chris Pine is a handsome man. No, he is not nearly as handsome as Lee Minho. Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? We're gonna uh, don't you be uh huh. You need me. to pull Anyhow. up a picture of Lee Minho, man. You know what? Whatever. Anyway. 
But one thing I do admire about Chris Pine, for certain roles, he doesn't dye his hair. He's just as, he's very gray for a 41-year-old man. Like, and I'm, and I'm very surprised about that. But the movie is a, who actually helped the terrorist. Mm. And, and it doesn't play like a book. You know, sometimes these movies play like a, a novel, like you're reading a novel. This one doesn't. And even though you kind of smell where things are going, you still stick around anyway. And I, and I thought it was really well acted. I thought it, it, I think they, at least the two leads had major chemistry. The two, the two actors who didn't need to be in it are Jonathan Price and Lawrence Fishburne. Their roles could have been played by anybody. Oh, okay. You know, they, they didn't do enough to warrant their names being in this. But, but the two main leads are very good. It's called All the Old Knives, <laughs> and it is on Amazon Prime. I highly suggest you watch it if you would like a nice uh, two-hour movie there. I'll check that out. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I'm going <clears> to... <throat> All right. So the next show that I watched... Uh, God, I was flipping through Amazon, and I saw this. Uh, I saw this. They featured some image of this, and I clicked on it, and I watched the, a trailer for this series. The series is called From, and the trailer made it look like really weird and creepy. So I started watching it. You get three free episodes on Amazon Prime. And then this is an epics series, so if you want to watch the rest after you've been sucked in, you gotta subscribe to fucking epics. <laughs> so I started thinking, well, I have a subscription to Stars. I don't want everything I liked on Stars has been canceled. So why am I paying for this when I don't watch nothing? And I checked with Dwight. Do you watch anything on Stars? He's like, no. So I canceled Stars and switched to Epics. I saved myself a whole $3. What? Why? <laughs> and then I was able to watch the rest of the fucking series. Well, for a bit. I got a few more episodes to go. On Epics of this series called From. All of the episodes are available right now. So if you want to do like a free week subscription or whatever, if there is right, a week, yeah. if they have a free week. I don't know if they have like a preview. Uh, if you got 10 hours, you can watch this series and be done oh with it. Oh, um, Yeah, so From is a science fiction horror series created by John Griffin and executive produced by the Russo brothers. Oh, love them. And basically, it's a, this, that you've got this town that traps uh -huh. people. Any, anybody who enters this town is trapped and they can't get out. Plus, at night, things come out and kill you. Ooh. Yeah. Essentially, that's it. Um, Harold Perrineau from Lost is in it. He is like the yeah. sheriff of this town. So it opens with a family on a road trip in their RV, driving down the road, and they hit a tree that has fallen and blocked the road. They're like, well, shit, this tree's in the way. I guess we'll turn around. I think I saw the highway back a bit. So they turn around, they go back, and they're driving and driving. They're like, where the fuck is this highway that you saw? I, I swear it was here. And then they drove, hit this 
shitty ass town that looks like it's about to fall apart and it's like one block. And they're like, and all the people seem really weird. Like nobody will talk to them. They don't even smile at them. Our sheriff guy from Lost comes up to them and is like, hey folks, how can I help you? And they, they're like, we thought we were going to the highway. Oh, just keep going straight down this road. You'll find it. Well, they go straight down the road, and it just circles back to town. And each time they try and get out, they are back in town. And the sher- you hear the sheriff telling the, the local folks, we've all been there, done that, just give them some time. And it turns out, yep, they're trapped, just like the rest of them. But the weird thing is, this town... Everybody has come to this town from somewhere else. Like, the family was in Arizona. This other guy was in Ohio driving down the road and end up there. So this town isn't necessarily on a map. Like, they aren't driving through the same state and end up in the same town. And that's where the creepiness begins. So, yeah, this is a. They got some really creep ass characters in this thing. Like, there's a guy that you're like, what is his deal? What's going on with this guy? And it's got you feeling very, very much like, like lost and what the hell happened here. Right. It does have that lost vibe where if this ends like lost, I'm going to be so fucking pissed off that I've invested <laughs> this much time in, and actual money into this. But so far, I'm hooked because I got to know what's going on. Because they do it really well to keep you wondering. It's got a like a Stephen King kind of feel to it as well. Sure. Um, it's really good. If if you've got epics, if you haven't been watching From, give it a shot. If you want to watch the first three episodes to see is this really worth anything, free with your Amazon Prime subscription. Okay. Otherwise. You got to get that Epics channel. Maybe you'll have a free weekend or something of Epics through your provider. I don't know if that's going to happen, but it might. And maybe you could record on demand some of the episodes. I don't know. But that's my uh, the show from on Epics. All right. Shall I do another one? Yes, okay. please do. The next one is a show I found on HBO Max. Because I was just flipping through HBO Max. I watched a really shitty movie that I'm not going to tell you about because it was shitty. And then the next thing I'm on that was right next to that image was a new show. It's called Tokyo Vice. It premiered on HBO Max on April the 7th. Uh-huh. And it's a crime drama that's based on a book by the same name by a guy named Jake Edelstein. And he is a journalist and crime writer. He spent most of his career in Japan. And this uh-huh. book is kind of like a, like a memoir, kind of him writing about doing the police beat in Japan as an American. Uh, he relocated to Tokyo from Missouri. And he stayed there and he learned Japanese, like really well enough to be, to take, there's a written exam you have to get to get the chance to join the staff of a major newspaper but the the exam is only in Japanese so he knew it well enough and he could write like essay type answers in Japanese and read it and stuff he is the very he was the very first foreign-born journalist to work at this newspaper 
1999. And so we see in the first few episodes, because not all the, you know, it, it was only like the first three that were available when I was watching it. You see him working with Japanese people and his coworkers and how, just how the, the uh, culture is different in the workplace in Japan and especially in the newspaper and how working with the police on the police beat, the crime beat, how it's totally different from America. Like in America, you could say this guy was murdered. But at that time in Japan, I don't know if things have changed today, but at that time in Japan, even though the guy has a knife sticking out of his chest, you can't say he was murdered in the newspaper. So it's, it was almost like he was complaining about how he's just regurgitating a press release in the newspaper as a, a news article from the police. Yeah. So he ends up uh, hooking up with some, uh, some police officers to try and understand how this shit works. And there's a veteran detective on the Vice Squad, hence Tokyo Vice, who starts to help him. And he ends up in the world of the Yakuza. Oh, as you do. As you do when you're from Missouri and Tokyo. <laughs> hey, you know yeah. what? One wrong turn, you're in a gang. Right? So it stars Ansel Elgort as Jake Edelstein. And Ken Watanabe is the Vice Squad uh, detective. And this is a really damn good gripping show. I mean, I really I do want to see it. it. I I saw the previews for it, and it looked good. This is really good. This I hadn't heard of it until I was just flipping like, "What am I gonna watch?" And I came across it. It is this is really really good. I highly recommend you check out Tokyo Vice. So officially now, there are five episodes available. The first three were dropped on the 7th, and the next two were dropped on the 14th, which would have been yesterday. And then there's going to be two more on the 21st, and the last one's going to be on the 28th of April. Okay. So get yourself a month worth of HBO Max next month, (laughs) because then you'll be able to watch it all at once. Give yourself eight hours, and you'll be done next month. If that's what you're into. Other, but really, uh, subscribe to HBO Max because it's got some damn good shit. It really does. And this yes, one, does Tokyo much. Vice, is one of the damn good shits. Oh, good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of the damn good shits. Exactly. <laughs> I, I I think about that and all the quotes that you used to put on in ads and everything and quotes that you see in ads. Yes. And, and, you know, like Roger Ebert would say, oh, great movie, four stars. Patty Lee, it's one of the good shits. Yeah, it's one of the damn good shits. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. So the next one yeah. is old enough on Netflix, uh, and I told Bill he should watch it because my sister led me to it. Here and we go. Tell me, why do you hate a show about two to six-year-olds doing their very first errand for mom and dad, and these kids are fucking adorable as shit? Okay. And so proud of themselves, and there's only like 15 minutes per episode. 
Okay. So it's not a huge investment to oh, watch Oh, I'm a sorry. B- wait the fuck up. Uh-huh. Why don't we tell the listeners that the first episode is about a kid who's walking over a, col- a kid who is two years and nine months old. Mm-hmm. So he is not even three yet. Mm-hmm. Now, he has been sent to a store to pick up dinner for his family by himself mm-hmm. over a kilometer away from his house. Yeah. And he's walking on the side of a fucking highway? Yeah. I'm sorry. There is... there. He is and surrounded I, I, by camera crew and no, other... No, no, work- no, 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 Oh, no. he is. The people filming it, if you watch enough of these episodes, you see there are... Uh, there's a giant team of cameramen hidden so as not to alarm the kid and in disguise and there's staff and there's like PA people. We see the same people in the background on all of these episodes. Okay. So there are, and then there's a drone flying overhead. There's plenty of people monitoring this kid. But the image that I'm seeing. Oh yeah. Yeah. The image that I'm seeing is a child in peril. And I, and no, wait, go finish, finish, go ahead. So here's the thing. The the kid is given a safety flag by his mother in the first episode. And the safety flag, when extended out, apparently people in Japan do what they're fucking supposed to do and stop whenever they see something like that. But it stops traffic. The flag isn't specifically the thing that stops the traffic. The kid, he's, he walks with his hand up in the air as if he's asking a question in class. They do this in all of the episodes. It's very I've never heard of you hold your hand up as you're walking by, but they do. Yeah, but... That's a thing. That's a thing. The flag was made by the mother. None of the other kids have a flag unless their mother makes it. Yeah, all right. Just, just in case you only watched that one episode. And, and I did because yeah. I... Because... I I just, how do I put this? You and I grew up in the 70s mm-hmm. and the 80s. And we have, we have talked on this show many times about how times ain't the way they used to be. And, and like, Child Protective Services certainly would have been called on my mother for doing certain, you oh, know, shit, some yeah. shit. Yeah. You know, so let's put all that aside for a second. I wasn't starting to venture out on my own like that. Until I was eight or nine. Oh, I was walking to school, which I don't know how far away that was, but it was a long way across extremely busy streets. Mm -hmm. Well, kindergarten age. So that's what, four? Four, I was four. I was four going on five. Yeah. Walking all that way to school. And I did that for grammar school as well. And nobody was with me. Mom didn't walk me to class. Mom didn't walk me to school. I was on my own. Yeah. Mom and had nobody to go walked to me either. Yeah. But my difference is that in my neighborhood, you may have crossed busier streets than I did. My school was technically on my side of the street. So the only streets I was crossing at the block marker were little side streets. So a car may have had to come to a stop because the main thoroughfare I never had to cross if I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. This kid is made to look like he's walking on the side of a highway by himself. 
Because I, I saw that drone shot that mm-hmm. they get yeah. from way the fuck up. And I, and I was just like, oh, my God. They sent a... A, a two-and-a-half-year-old yeah. two to go to the store by themselves. The only thing I will give this credit for is that that kid was fucking smart for two-and-a-half. Yeah, he made it there. He knew exactly where he was going. He made it there. He got to the store, got the things he needed... He forgot yeah. one thing, but remembered it. Turned around, went back, and got it, and then walked all the way home. You could tell by the by the time you had crossed that street again to start walking home, he was like, "I'm done." No, <laughs> he just wanted to see, sit down. He's like, "I'm done. I'm tired." He's dragging that little ba- batch of flowers behind him, like, "I've had enough of this. I'm but, over this." I'm sorry, but <laughs> I I could not get over my nervousness watching this. There are certain things that I can watch and stomach. This was not one of them. And did we mention all of this takes place in Japan? Yes, this is a Japanese show. This, this is and a it's Japanese, in Japanese show. And it's got subtitles. And it's got su- small... And, and just as a small aside, not that this had any bearing on my review whatsoever, the subtitles are, are small compared to the Japanese print that pops yeah, up every yeah, now and then. Yeah. And it's very quick. You got to read some shit quick. Yeah, yeah. But um, at... What? I was just going to say uh the new york times uh watching what to watch this weekend newsletter this show is the very first thing they say you should watch it because it's damn good and get ready to cry because it's so cute if you care about pedestrian safety or if you love toddler milestones watch this and prepare to cry they are recommending if i care about pedestrian safety that's all i'm doing because what I'm seeing on the what I'm seeing in that first episode, I don't see camera people behind the scenes. Oh, I Nowhere saw. The, the, you could see the camera people all over the place. Uh, well, I'm focused on this kid. Okay. And nowhere, and I would have, I, I even might have been okay with this if in the subtitles of this show, it was explained that none of these kids are in peril. And that, you know, what you're seeing is a verily, you know, we orchestrate people along the path to make sure that these kids are okay and all that stuff. There was not that disclaimer. So what I'm watching is footage from people who look like they are far enough away to not interfere with this kid, but also not far, but far away enough to not be able to help the kid if the kid got into real danger. And I understand as a child, I was, of course, all children are independent. We're all programmed that way. You know, from from go, we're trying to learn how to move and roll and walk and crawl and all that other sort of shit so that we can leave the nest and go out and do more of that. But not a two and a half. I'm sorry, I am not prepared to watch a two and a half year old walk along a highway with nothing but a flag and dragging some fucking flowers and some curry dinner stuff back he, yeah, home. He got some uh, curry, and I there was one other thing he had to pick up. And there up, was one other and thing, And the flowers too. for Grandma's shrine. Right. The, the other thing, he forgot the curry and had to go back and get the curry. But the first thing, I forget what he was picking up. But it was just those three things. A loaf of bread, a container of milk, and a container stick of butter. milk and a stick of butter, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I picture of this show, is the kid going to the store, a loaf of bread, a container of milk, and a stick of butter. 
Um, apparently, this was a segment from an information program, and it aired between 88 and 94. But after the program ended, this this thing, Old Enough, became started to broadcast regularly as a one-shot special program of two or three hours under a different title. And it, there's a book published in English called Mickey's First Errand. It was the inspiration for this program. So there... There is. If you watch it, because I was watching this kid walking by himself. I'm like, he's two and a half, and he's going by himself. His mom's letting him walk that long of a distance by himself. That's so what I was, I'm saying. So I you. was watching all the people around him. And that's where I see, where I start to notice from episode to episode, the same like uh, producers or whatever hanging out in the background disguised. And you start to notice the cameramen hanging out with their cameras and stuff. So you see the kid's Often. not totally on his own. There are plenty of adults around. I don't know Japan. I don't know this town. They describe the town, but they show you a map zoomed in like Chicago and the lake. That's all you see. You don't see all of Japan to know where this town is. So I don't know. That could be some small country town. And that road could look like a major highway, but not. It didn't. I can't remember how busy that street was. Um, there's kids in a little more metropolitan-y kind of area where it looks a lot busier. Um, the one kid having to climb up hill. Oh, Jesus, that poor kid. His bag came open and his apples start rolling down the hill. And I'm like, oh, my God. No, see, kid. and see, I can't watch it was just, that, It though. was cute, though, because he handled it so well. He, the, you know, seeing these young kids doing this thing and being proud of what they've just done was so fun. There's like a little girl and her friend. The two of them go to the store. After they got their their stuff and they're walking home, she's like, I went on my first errand and I aced it. And it was like, oh my God, she's so proud. Look how cute she is. And they're cute little faces. It's just, I thought it was really cute. My Here's my question. Would a parent, and, and maybe this is... And this is where I think some cultural differences come into play. I think it's a big cultural play. difference, yeah. So I am perfectly willing to to stop my argument there mm-hmm. because I speak only as an American. And I realize that that is a very closed view to have sometimes. So I'm willing to even go out and say, you know what, this is a cultural thing in Japan. This is a, this is a fine thing. I'm on board with that. And then also, you grew up on the south side of Chicago, your single mom. I grew up in the suburbs. You know, my mom and dad both were already at work too. We had to get mm-hmm. up and get our shit together to go to school. And you know, up until, I forget when we moved to a different house that was closer to the school, but for the first couple of years, I hiked that long ass way to school. And then I lived really close to the school where I would go home at lunchtime alone to make my own lunch. Mm-hmm. And I still couldn't tell time properly, so I knew by what cartoon was on the TV at lunchtime when to go back to school. Mm-hmm. So, I, and yeah, in the 70s, I'm doing all this shit by myself. My brother was trick-or-treating the entire fucking town everywhere, all over the and place. That's... And I was just like, I'm not walking that far. <laughs> all right, I did okay, one block, right. you know? And that's a good point, so, and I mean, I'm willing so to concede that So it's all these different views of looking at everything. So when I'm watching this... I'm thinking, I had the focus of, uh, this is Japan, 
And I don't know these towns. I don't know how big this town is, how, mm. you know, if it's a small town and if everybody knows each other so they know this kid and what he does and how well everybody, that that kind of thing. Because that could be, because the one where she's walking down the market street that it's just like a, that it's like Saturday afternoon or something. There's not a lot of people around, but you see all the workers watching her go by and so proud of this little girl. It's like, so the whole town they all know her they know her parents and look at how proud everybody is of her and how they're cheering her on and i'm like it brought everybody together and i thought that was really cute and and really heartwarming i and, and i'm and the other thing that i'm willing to concede is that obviously as i've gotten older i have gotten far grumpier and i've gotten far more protective and i just saw this and i and i guess i freaked out a little bit so that being said, if you, wa- if you like watching children between the ages of two and a half and what is it, six? Up to six years old, yeah. Two and a half and six accomplish things. Run their first This show is for you. On their own. Yeah. But anyway, so, so here is my question for people, because obviously I've made my opinion known, and you have too. <laughs> yeah. Log on to thewatchlistpod.com, click on that contact us button, or go to your social media and at us on social media or hashtag us, would you send a two and a half year old on a first errand in a city, at least a place that has moving traffic enough that you would need some type of safety flag and going into a store by themselves with money to go purchase something and then do the kilometer and a half back home on foot. Well, he's two and a half. He can't drive. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Of course he's on foot. He can't oh, drive. It, as opposed to, <laughs> you know what? You his knew what I meant. As opposed to taking his big wheel. It's, Although yeah. the big wheel would be more dangerous because he's even lower to the ground on crossing that street. Oh my God! Well, yeah. you 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 get my gist. I, yeah, I, it was funny. I, it's just giving me shit. I get it. <laughs> but I, oh my God! I, I and again, I would have been okay if they had said in some type of very quick title card. None of these kids are in danger. We're watching them 100%. But anyway. So let us move on to I this have, child endangerment wreckage that I have was one old enough. last show. It's All a right. docu-series on Netflix. It is called Worst Roommate Ever. <laughs> there are five episodes. Okay. Uh, the first one talks about Dorothea, Dorothea Puente. She's a convicted serial killer, and she ran Fucking a boarding hell. house. And it's all about how they found out what she was doing at her boarding house. Worst roommate ever. Um, another one is about a guy named Yusuf Cater. He is a Danish guy who claimed he was Palestinian, and this girl met him in, she met him in Chile. 
and he was totally scamming a ton of people and he was her roommate in this big almost like a boarding house kind of a situation like a communal communal living thing that was cheap rent and the dude oh dude yeah that was pretty nasty there's a couple other stories but the one that really got me it has a two-part ending it's the last it's the last two episodes of the whole series it's about a guy who knew enough about philadelphia's tenancy laws to become a serial squatter making everybody who is his roommate he, he made their lives shit like absolute fucking shit this guy he was a piece of work man wow his name was uh, he went by jameson bachman he also had the alias of jed creek and holy shit this guy was fuck man fuck the things he did I don't want to tell you all the things because you really need to watch this. Because this is, although if you have to live with roommates, maybe you shouldn't watch this. Because it'll make it really hard for you to find a new roommate. No. <laughs> After because... knowing these stories, like, holy shit, man. Uh, or you might thank God that you've never run into a roommate like this. I used to, every time I moved, I had a ritual of watching the old and I say old like it's that fucking old, but it's but uh, I guess it is thirty years old now. There was a movie that came out in nineteen ninety called Pacific Heights, mm. and it starred Michael Keaton, um, Melanie Griffith, and uh, um, fuck, who's the husband? Uh, <sighs> Tall drink of water and Vision Quest. Matthew Modine. Ah, oh, okay. And and it is about uh, Michael Keaton's the bad guy in this. The, the big deal about this movie was that it was the first time that Michael Keaton was the bad guy. Oh. And he was a serial, horrible tenant. And it escalated badly when it went from being a non-personal, I just want to fuck with these people for a little while, then bounce to another house and make it, you know... When it got personal, he made their lives dangerous. So it was always my, all right, watch this movie. And it was my gentle reminder to, to be mindful hmm. of new surroundings and so This forth. one is not quite a gentle reminder. It's a kick you, <laughs> kick you in the face reminder that you really need to do your background checks on people. Uh -huh. You need to get everything in writing. Because apparently this guy knew that in Philadelphia that to establish tenancy is to just live there. You don't even, you just, you can have an oral agreement about I'm living here and this is my lease or whatever. And yeah, he's there. He's your tenant now. And you can't kick him out because they give the tenants, all of these foreclosure laws seem to give tenants more uh, more power than the actual owner of the property. Oh, hell. Yeah, no. this guy moves in to this one girl's place and he's just like, no, I'm not going to give you money. No, I'm not paying for that. No. No, I'm wow. not going to pay for that. She comes home one day and all of her dining room chairs are gone. Uh, where are the chairs? They're in my room. I need a desk. All f six chairs you need for a desk? There's only two of us living here. Why do you need six chairs around the table? 
And this is the beginning of her hell. And these are real stories? These are real. Yeah, it's a docu-series. These are real stories about real people who pulled this shit. Yeah, I, I I would just get too fucking Yeah, I, I was watching that last one, the two-parter, going, I would move out. I would move out, and he would become my landlord's problem. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be like, sorry, sorry, bud. You fucking deal with this shit. I'm out. Peace. Yeah. Pack all my shit and go. But the problem is you signed a lease to do that. I would break my lease. I would pay whatever I needed to pay to break my lease and get out. Yeah, well, true that. Oh, because that no, he... that would be worth it for me to get away from that fucker. Yeah, true. Because that's what he he is. He is a fucker. Yeah. That piece of shit. And where is this? Uh... This is on Netflix. It's a Netflix true story of crime and shit. Because everybody loves that on Netflix. Worst roommate ever. Quote by Patty Lee. No, that's one of the best shits. No, no, this isn't the best shits. This is like, okay. Daw. Spell that out. (laughs) Daw. Oh man, this was this was horrific for me to watch. I was like, shit. If you want a scary ass story about roommates, worst roommate ever, watch it. All right. So I guess this is under news. News ish. (laughs) So this week, Cuba Gooding Jr. Mm -hmm. pled guilty to forcible touching. Pleads guilty to forcible touching. Let's go to the Associated Press because it's not Associated Press Plus. Uh, (laughs) Actor Cuba Gooding Jr. pleaded guilty Wednesday to forcibly kissing a worker at a New York nightclub in 2018 in a deal that is likely to keep him out of jail. Gooding also publicly apologized for the first time to two other women who accused him of similar behavior in separate encounters, calling himself a celebrity figure who meant no harm. Uh, uh, Gooding, 54, accused of violating three different women at various Manhattan night spots in 2018 and 2019, pleaded guilty to just one of the allegations. Okay. But one story I read said he's there's many more women who who say he's been doing this. I so is he fancy himself like Richard Dawson or something, where he could just this is kiss what all I the don't, girls. This is what I don't understand. And 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 I am not I, I I lump every person that we hear about sort of into the same pot of soup. Whether their ingredient is just as strong as another ingredient, I'll let audience members decide that. But Matt Lauer, mm. mm-hmm. you know, Matt Lauer, that fuckhead, yeah, who just manipulated women and and used sex and, and coerced sex and had a button on his desk to lock the door of his office while he, you know, yeah. fuck that guy forever in hell mm-hmm. I do not understand and maybe it's just because I am not a celebrity and I you know don't have that but I would why if you could have whoever you want because of your celebrity do you insist on doing this or is it is it because of your celebrity i don't understand 
Or is it because you could have whoever you want, you don't want, you want everyone? Or, or you, you want think some, you can have everyone. Or you think you can have everyone, or you think you're untouchable because you have this celebrity power, or you think every woman is in love with you, so you could, so they will be happy for you, the celebrity, to kiss them, touch them, whatever. And these women should be thankful that I, this celebrity, want to kiss them, touch them, whatever. So the reason I wanted to bring this up is because, one, it's another celebrity that we're hearing about who is guilty. He admitted this, mm-hmm. so he is guilty of an assault on a female. The next level of this, he is an Academy Award winner. And, as far as I understand, still a member in good standing of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. At this time, yes. As is Adrian Brody, who forcibly kissed Halle Berry on Mm -hmm. stage, as you very astutely brought up last time. And then on top of that, of course, I have to take it through the racial lens of, okay, now we have another black celebrity who is forcing himself on people. But the ultimate lens that I want to ask people, is it time we stop idolizing celebrities? So much, and, 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 and this is where I do thank the internet and social media and cell phones and all of that, because without, without technology, we never would have seen Rodney King being beaten. Mm-hmm. Without cell phone technology, George Floyd, you know, we never would have gotten justice for that abhorrent murder. Mm-hmm. And we never would probably know about many of these instances. Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. Oh, that, uh. Anyway. Mm-hmm. But more and more, you hear about celebrities and their particular isms, whatever they are. And it's not that I'm tired of hearing them. I kind of like information like that. Because then I can choose whether or not to give them money or not. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, all right, so last time we talked about Star Trek, the motion picture in 4K, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I personally love that movie. When I was eight-year-old Bill Larson, and I went to go see that on a big screen at the Esquire Theater in Chicago, and and I was skipping out of that theater going, this is the best movie I have ever seen (laughs) in my life. Eight-year-old Bill, who was escorted by his mother, didn't go by himself down the road with a flag. I think that Esquire is pretty far from where you were living. From Hyde Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But anyhow. Star Stephen Collins. A, a, if, as far as I know, I don't know if he is convicted. Hang on. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, in October 2014, NYPD began investigating Stephen after an audio tape leaked to the media revealing a male voice purported to be that of Collins admitting to past sexual abuse of a minor under, under the 14. age of 14. Shit. 
So he's actually in uh, Roman Polanski territory. A Los Angeles Police Department spokesman stated that Collins had been investigated by the department in 2012 after receiving a claim from 40 years earlier regarding sexual abuse. The LAPD further stated that its investigation did not show it to be substantiate. It did not allow it to substantiate the allegation against Collins. Allegation. In in 2014, Collins admitted he committed inappropriate sexual contact (gasps) with three female minors in 1973, 82, and 94. So, I shit you not, he admitted this. And this is a guy who played a fucking pastor on a TV show. a pastor with the family. A pastor with a family and... and It was a heartwarming, touching show about family. That's right, starring yeah. Catherine Hicks, who also starred in Star Trek Four, ironically enough. Mm. But again, going back to the point, he's in Star Trek The Motion Picture. I don't know what his contract is these days, but if I bought a 4K copy of Star Trek The Motion Picture, how much, and it's probably pennies, if that, and I get it, but even pennies to me are too many. Mm-hmm. But at least because of media, I can make that choice. I went back and I, and I watched Robert Downey Jr. from 2010, who accepted an award from Mel Gibson. And he had actually requested that Mel Gibson present him the award because Mel Gibson helped Robert Downey Jr. out of the morass that was his life. He helped him, you know, encouraged him to get sober, get his life back on track, because there was a time that nobody wanted to hire Robert Downey Jr. for shit. He was too into drugs, too not dependable, mm-hmm. and and he was a train wreck who was on many last chances, and, and apparently this meeting with Mel Gibson turned him around, or helped turn him around. But what I found interesting about that is that he was asking Hollywood to forgive Mel Gibson, not Mel Gibson asking Hollywood to forgive Mel Gibson. I look at celebrities and I want to like them. I think we all do. Everybody has this this thing about their favorite celebrities and you and some of them seem so approachable that you feel like if you were just given the chance of bumping into them at Starbucks or at the grocery store you could actually have a decent conversation with fill in the blank of your celebrity here like I would love to pal around with James Earl Jones for a year of my life <laughs> absolutely I would oh my god I want to be Kristen Bell's best friend yeah exactly <laughs> Mr. Jones, call me James. Yes, I would love that shit to happen. Oh, my God. You know, but that's not the case. But every single one of these celebrities is an individual person with their own isms, their own damage, their own whatever. But in my mind, you trade that for your $30 million paycheck in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. But the more I learn about these people, I don't want to idolize any of them anymore. Because they're all a bunch of dicks. Because they're all a bunch of dicks and, and just as fucked up and perverted and, and, and flawed as we are. Yeah. And so you take it down a notch from 
aspirational to, well, fuck. You know, they're just like me, so why am I giving them my money? Mm-hmm. So I want to know from people, and here's the second thing, besides sending your kid out to the store at two and a half. What do you think of, of all of these celebrities? Because if we got to cancel another fucking person, I'm not going to have any movies yeah, to watch in my watch, digital man. library. <laughs> I ain't going to, because now Cuba Gooding Jr., now again, in the soup of all of this, this fucked up itness, is his ingredient as strong as Harvey Weinstein or Bill Cosby or Matt Lauer? I will leave it up to people to think about by themselves. But hit us up on the watchlistpod.com on the contact us page or on social media. Is it time to cancel everybody or at least knock them all down a peg and, and not be surprised anymore when a celebrity goes off the rails and does something that, while newsworthy, could be considered just as human as anybody else? I'm tired of having to make that choice of separating, if I so choose, the art from the artist, because I just can't. Because if I choose the art and not the artist, I'm still putting money into the artist's pocket. So I'm just interested in what you think about that and what other people think about that. Yeah, I'm not sure how many people I've idolized, you know, since teenageriness as a celebrity to where I hear shit that just crushes me about them. I mean, sure, I like I didn't realize Stephen Collins was uh, the gold monkey until much later, <laughs> much more recently. I was like, really? That's the same guy? Holy shit. What happened to him? Yeah. He looks ugly now. Um, <laughs> it's called age. Uh, yeah, apparently. Um, so, so yeah, when I heard that the dad from Seventh Heaven was a big molester man, I was like, really? Damn. Mm-hmm. And he was around mm-hmm. all those kids? Shit. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like it crushed me that Stephen Collins, oh, no, how could that happen? And hearing about Cuba Gooden Jr. and his touching the girls at the nightclubs, I'm like, everybody's a, a skeeve, man. And it, it just keeps, it feels like it's just piling on and ongoing that men in Hollywood suck. <sighs> they can't keep their hands to themselves, and... They feel that the women are are just there for them and not people in their own right. And I don't know, as a woman, that just seems to be like, like, yeah, whatever, more of the same shit. Ah, so anyway, that that's our show, people. (laughs) Actually, I think it was a very good show. But anywho, oh my god, I gotta watch more happy shit this week. Because, damn. Oh, but I will give a huge, huge shout-out to Abbott Elementary. Do you watch that show? I do not watch that show. I want to end this show on a very happy note. Abbott Elementary has become the breakout hit of this year. Quinta Brunson, who actually wrote and developed that show for ABC after leaving Black Lady uh, Sketch Show, 
has done such an amazing job with a school with a with a show about teachers in Philadelphia and is has such broad appeal and likable characters and they they supposedly visited the Philadelphia Zoo in this last episode, which you could totally tell that it wasn't because the close-ups were so tight that you got no establishing shots. <laughs> and if you've been to the Philadelphia Zoo like I have, you can just tell it's not them. Mm-hmm. But that show is amazing. And of all the new shows that I have fallen in love with, like Grand Crew, American Auto, and so forth, I would trade all of them in a heartbeat to make sure Abbott Elementary continued. So if you haven't watched that yet, please watch that. And just pray that none of those actors ever do stupid shit (laughs) anyway. All right, that's all I got this week. Thank you for listening. Uh, Just in case, catch up on all of your back episodes of The Watchlist with Patty and Bill by logging on to thewatchlistpod.com. Click on that Contact Us button. Let us know what you're watching. Let us know what you think about the topics that we talked about today. I'm very interested in in knowing because just, oh my God. Anyway, engage with us on social media, at Symbol Pirate Alice, at Symbol Bill Ivory Larson, at Symbol uh, The Watchlist Pod. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And remember, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review to please the algorithm gods. We'd appreciate it. Okay, Okay, bye. bye.